the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. The haves and the have-nots. Are we going that direction? I think with the new tax plan, I think we're going to set that up a little bit more, especially in the housing area. Oh, what do we got? Imbalance of rebalancing. Wall Street on a regular basis has to take a look at itself and check itself before it wrecks itself. And a lot of times one of the things it does is it says, oh, tech stocks have done well, so let's put the money in financials. So sometimes there's kind of rolling money. Sometimes there's kind of a rock and roll session where everyone starts excited and is depressed. Yesterday was a bit of a roll. Monday was a bit of a rocked, but then it rolled over. Tech sector tried tech sector tried to rebound, but the big engine that could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, it ultimately got off the rails and another disappointing outing. Some people think this is it. We've topped out. The inability of the tech sector to maintain its early strength I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, oh, I can't. Took a toll on investor sentiment and fostered a steady stream of selling interest. And it left us all negative for the day. I'm a sad donkey. Taking a look at... I once was in Mexico. I don't want to say I was at a zoo. I saw a donkey and it just made me sad. It's something that's stuck with me my whole life. I think from reading that Winnie the Pooh, where the donkey had Eeyore, had his tail fall off. I'm like, that's messed up. It's messed up. So there's some negative bias out there right now. Stock market's been unable to hold on to bigger gains, suggesting to some that the buying efforts related to the tax reform optimism, is it's exhausted. I'm exhausted. I've made so much money this year. I keep looking at my worth. I'm like, I've made more money. I've made more money, more, 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 more money. And I'm like, it's exhausting. So the struggles of the market tell you something. The tech sector, I think it's an indication that the latest rally leg has run its course. And it's not going to get back on track until tech does. Now, there's been a healthy dose of sector rotation in the financials. But when one of the largest sectors is sitting out, I don't want to play. I'm going to take my ball and go home. Then the players that are left are like, well, what do we do without a ball? You kind of need tech right now. But a little sector rotation is great, but you run out of areas to rotate into. It's the imbalance of rebalancing. I don't know the political ramifications of it, but I hear they're great that Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, has acknowledged Jerusalem as the capital of Israel which is a contentious act that the 
the Middle East won't like. A lot of Middle East leaders have warned that naming Jerusalem as the capital by moving our embassy to Jerusalem has basically warned, all these leaders have warned that it's going to sow the seeds of unrest in the region. I think it's going to be a fun year in 2018, the midterm elections, to see does America give a damn or do they not? And then in three years, the next presidential election cycle, the inside track to run for Democratic president right now is Bernie Sanders, according to polls. Whoa. Do we want a guy who would be like the oldest president by far ever running against Donald Trump? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't matter. It's the thought in my head, but it does matter, doesn't it? Geopolitical angst tied towards Jerusalem today. Challenges the global growth argument. There's a flattening yield curve. There's a flaccid dollar. There's a surprising drop in copper prices. Copper's down 9% since October. When the world grows, copper grows in demand and price. Copper's a leading indicator to me. You see a 2.2% decline in Home Depot after they updated their long-term financial targets. America owns homes. When we own a home, we paint homes. When we paint, we go to Home Depot. We buy brushes. When we're there, we're like, oh, look at that. I can get a Nest thermostat for 140 bucks. I have a Nest thermostat. I know you're saying, bragger. It's kind of cool that you can check the temperature of your house on your phone. You can be in Hawaii and go, oh, oh, it's cold back in California. My, my fish is going to die if I don't heat the home. No way. It's pretty cool. The nest is actually really cool because it learns um, your tendencies. And it learns when you're home and not home. But uh, great, great gift if you have uh, anyone that has lives in cold weather. Great gift. So last year I did an uh, Airbnb. And it was the first time I saw a Nest thermostat. And part of the note to the renter, uh, the landlord said, don't worry about you know setting the temperature when you leave because of freezing pipes or anything like that. I'll do it remotely. I'm like, cool. I get it. So the ADP employment change report for November was spot on. It showed an estimate of 190,000 jobs being added. Um, Productivity increased 3%. Unit labor costs were revised to a decline of two-tenths of a percent. The downward revision unit labor costs, which are down seven-tenths of a percent of the last four quarters, was due to a 3% increase in productivity being greater than the 2.7% increase in hourly compensation. What's the takeaway? Because you don't need to know these numbers. The takeaway is productivity has seen the largest increase since 2014, yet labor costs continue to be subdued. Um, that's going to keep long-term rates low. Uh, the yield on the 10-year treasury right now is 2.33%. It's just 53 basis points above the yield on a two-year note, which is 125 basis points. Um, there's a problem there. Curve flattening trade and its ultimate meaning remains unknown. Are we seeing a flight to safety? Are we seeing trouble down the road is the question. Equity traders, stock traders, uh, investors are a little bit flat-footed right now. 
And if you're not, you're doing something wrong. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Got a big webinar coming up. It's absolutely free, but you have to sign up for it now because it's almost out of space. 10 Pillars Retirement Income Planning, December 13th. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. I touched on this story earlier in my Stock Talk Hour. San Francisco's median rent price is $4,450, nearly three times the median rent in Houston, Texas. So instead of hiring an expensive local talent in the Bay Area, one Houston-based law firm flies its lawyers in on private jets once a month to meet with clients. The firm uses the jet, which costs $2,500 an hour to operate, as a tool for recruiting top talent. This is a problem. Rent and home prices are so expensive in the Bay Area that firms have found an alternative way to hiring expensive local talent buy a private jet. That doesn't sound very rational, does it? It doesn't sound sustainable. Uh, I remember a couple years ago, home prices have become so expensive, people want to own homes. Some people who work three or four days in the city would actually fly back and forth from Vegas, maybe get in a hotel for three nights, four nights. Sometimes flying back and forth per day getting a 7 o'clock flight out of Vegas, getting to San Francisco, taking an Uber, going to work, coming back to the airport and get on a jet. I was pretty slick as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old boy. I remember when I first got my driver's license that I'd make dates near the airport in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, we'd go and we'd sit on someone else's boat because in a, in a marina, no one's at their boat on a Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday kind of thing. So I'd take a date and say, let's hop the fence, sit on a boat and watch planes. That's what that jet engine sound makes me think of. Exactly. Patterson and Sheridan, a national intellectual property law firm headquartered in Houston, bought a nine-seat plane to shuttle in packed lawyers to clients uh, in Bay Area once a month. Even though the jet costs $3 million to buy, it's cheaper than hiring local lawyers, and it's even less expensive than relocating the Texas lawyers with business into Silicon Valley for full-time. The young people that they want to hire out of college have high expectations that are tough to meet. Rent's so high they can't afford a car. So according to Zillow, the median price to rent a home in San Francisco is 4450 bucks right now, while the median home price is just under $1.2 million. Rent in San Jose just outside of San Francisco. It's at about 50 miles outside. Um, it's lower, but still more than double the rent cost in Houston. So each flight costs about $1,900 per passenger, adding up to $2,500 an hour in operating costs. But lawyers are working in flight for that three to four hour ride, which is billable. Plus, private flights protect any confidential work and save the firm's lawyers about 36 collective hours they would have spent arriving early, waiting in security, checking bags on a commercial flight. So the companies figured it out. They're still able to offer companies their services at lower costs. 
because much of the patent work is done in Houston, where commercial real estate is 43% cheaper, salaries 52% lower, and competition for technical talent is far less fierce. So the plane that they fly is always full. It's not a luxury item in their opinion. It's used as a selling point to recruit young lawyers who want to work with top tech companies but can't afford Silicon Valley's cost of living. There's a big concern that we don't pay our firefighters enough in Silicon Valley. So I took my kids to a firehouse a couple years ago as part of a charitable gift. We cooked dinner. We had dinner with firefighters, which was interesting because we had to pay for <clears throat> all the supplies, which you quickly learned that firefighters, <clears throat> if you ever see them buying groceries, consider picking up the check because they have to buy their own groceries for a firehouse. And that's not thrown out to the taxpayers. That's them buying with their own money. But I know some firefighters that live in Tahoe and commute back and forth. One of my biggest fears is when we do have an earthquake or a massive fire here, that half our firefighters will be on duty and the other half will be in Stockton or Tahoe. Probably the safest place to be to turn a fire right now would be Tahoe because a lot of the San Francisco firefighters live in Tahoe. So back to this company, though. And back to this idea of looking for talent in the Bay Area. When you have patent attorneys that can't afford to live here or don't want to live here, that's so messed up. When you have firefighters that say, I'm going to go buy a home for way less in Lake Tahoe and it's way more beautiful. And if there's an emergency, I'll be four and a half hours away. That's messed up. A report published earlier this year from the University of Southern California basically said the exorbitant housing costs in Los Angeles are inhibiting employers from attracting high performers or top talent to their companies. Nearly 60% of employers say Los Angeles's high cost of living impacts employee retention, with 75% naming housing costs as a specific concern. Further, 71% view high housing costs as a barrier to hiring new mid and upper level employees. This isn't sustainable. I'm not saying sell your house right now. I'm telling you, this isn't sustainable. Be cautious. As you're pretty, so be wise. Wolves may lurk in every guise. Just know that it's not sustainable. I think that's my point. Elsewhere out there, Bitcoin soars. It breaks through 12,000 as the rally continues. Go Bitcoin. Go Bitcoin. You're... Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop right there. Before I embarrass myself even further. Uh, a band without a number one hit is outselling Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran. Uh, can you guess who this band is? An old new wave band. That's your, your hint right now. Depeche Mode, the British synth pop group formed in 1980, is having one of the most remarkable tours in modern music and its most successful concert run ever. The band has sold 1.27 million tickets through its first nine months of 2017, more than Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, or Bruno Mars. As the younger pop fame stars can't keep up with the old Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. In October, the band became the first act to sell out four consecutive shows at the Hollywood Bowl, an open-air theater in the hills of Los Angeles. It's hosted everyone from the Beatles to Luciano Pavarotti. Depeche Mode's back on the road for its second tour through Europe this year. And we'll head to Latin America in 2018. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? 
find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about this big, huge Starbucks that's opening up in China. And they're going to open up one in Chicago. It's huge. Huge. It's three or four football field size on the inside. And the idea is something different. Instead of going to get a cup of coffee and running, you get a a cup of coffee and you linger. I think at this point in time, it's fair to say that you have to shake the tree if you're in any sort of retail. Even if it's selling coffee, selling clothes, selling paint. Amazon is changing the world where you can just sit at home and... Mama bird will bring you back worms and chew them up and put them in your mouth for you. Why go to retail stores anymore? Of course, that's silly. That won't die completely, will it? I remember a rite of passage was being 13, 14 years old and having mom drop you off at the mall. And on Friday nights, you'd cruise the mall. Later in life, Sister Christian. Motoring. Motoring is this thing where you'd get in your car. And you'd kind of like drive the strip and then you'd turn around and drive it again. You'd see a pretty girl on the side and go, hey, baby, what's up? I was never that guy. I was the guy who went to the mall. What's In the movie Boogie Nights, it's one of the greatest scenes in movie history when they use this song. You basically have a crime that's about to start, and you know it, and the tension's there. And then once the crime kind of fails, this isn't a spoiler alert, the movie's over 20 years old, all hell goes, it just, it's, it all hell breaks loose. And the song, it will be forever, like, burned in my head, because there's a guy in the scene who's lighting off a firecracker, just for giggles. And there's a gun that's going to be used in the scene. And you don't know what's going on. You don't know when it's going to go on. Anyway, off topic. So I used to go to the mall and hang out. And that was kind of my game when I was in 10th grade, 9th grade. Um, that's how I, you know, go to the mall, would have an arcade or something like that. And, you know, you'd do your best to impress in any way you could. I'm so dating myself right now. <laughs> the retail industry is going to be $5.5 trillion in sales by 2020. And Alibaba came up with a way to help Starbucks in China by not only setting up this huge, massive retail experience, but they've put, you can use your phone and unlock virtual rooms and see things, unlock virtual unlocks. And once you unlock them all, you get a little badge you can put on your Facebook page or your Alibaba page. That's kind of the future of retail. That's one future of retail. In-store and desktop purchases are certainly helping the retail industry boom. The biggest factor of this incredible growth is in your pocket. It's the smartphone. U.S. retail is growing by over $200 billion year over year. So when you hear that retail is dead, just go back to the idea that it's $5.5 trillion. How dead is that? In-store retail is still dwarfing e-commerce. 
but e-commerce is growing four times faster than in-store commerce. Mobile commerce on your phone is driving most of that growth. Weird, right? Oh, so the future of retail. $5.5 trillion. Um, earlier I told you the idea of um, Home Depot is doing, it's updating its long-term financial targets. And one, one area that Amazon hasn't really hit hard yet, although they, I think they've hit them somewhat, is paint and you know accessories to, for your home. Um, so the future of retail is something that goes through my head on a pretty regular basis. In the U.S. retail dollars, we're jumping from $4.7 trillion to $4.9 trillion to $5.1 trillion in next year. So what's driving the growth? Again, it's all mobile at this point in time. It's not it's the growth, the growth versus in-store. But in-store is still pretty dominant. Consumers are making more purchases on their desktop as well. Um, soon it's going to account for about half of all e-commerce sales, uh, uh, mobile commerce, using your phone. Let's stop and think about that for one second. Your mobile phone and you are going to drive half of e-commerce sales. So it's picking it up pretty hardcore against the desktop. Mobile will be the most important channel for e-commerce retailers. People spend nearly three hours a day accessing the internet on their phones, and that number's growing. Two years ago, we were spending two hours and 20 minutes on our phone. Last year, two hours and 37 minutes. This year, two hours and 51 minutes. When I tell you that AMC, when I tell you that ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox are struggling, it's because you're on your phone. I once dated a girl many, 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 many years ago that uh, it was fantastic because we all had mobile phones. And she goes, you know, the thing that I like about you is you're never on your phone. And I kind of like that. Uh, we're spending more time than ever on devices, whether it be tablets or smartphones or mobile. Um, but the smartphone's the dominant one there. Tablet's just tiny compared. It's about 10%. Even though nearly all the time is in apps, there's a theory that web pages will go out of, go out of style, that web pages will be replaced by apps. I kind of get that. Consumers say purchasing on apps saves money and time. Um, it's kind of interesting because I hate email, but I sign up for email alerts on some of my retailers that I like to regularly shop from because when they send me a 40%, 50% off flash sale, I'm on it. You can save time by getting curbside pickup, 27% say. That's why they like mobile. You can avoid going to the store. You can see a larger inventory base than going to the store. You can compare products and prices, a lot of flexibility to buy at any time. And you get deals and offers. The deals and offers is the number one driver of mobile e-commerce. Consumers still only make up half their purchases on apps, though. So apps are about 51%, mobile 49%. It's a global trend as well. Um, mobile app load times in seconds. It's pretty interesting to think about this, is that as the phone gets faster, our retailer opening up our wallets will get faster. Right? Whether it's Sam's Clubs, Victoria's Secret, Target, Kohl's, Forever 21, Home Depot, Zappos, QVC, Walmart, Amazon. We're all thinking, like, how fast can I get into my app? And let me assure you that the retailer is thinking consumers won't wait more than five seconds for an app to load. 
So as Apple comes out with faster phones, people do more purchases. Retailers want to re-engage you. They want to like find you. As a, you know, the apps are a big part of it. One of the things that's interesting, or one of the things that I hate, one of the things I dislike about Apple is when you download an app, it goes into your history. So let's say you download Tinder. It's in there. And let's say 10 years you get married and you're, you're loving and sweet and uh, somehow your sugar booger looks at your phone and she goes, whoa, you once downloaded Tinder? What am I, a piece of meat? Yes. And then divorce comes. So the retention rate of apps is pretty important. And it's being studied on a regular basis. App retention rates over time by frequency of push notifications. Um, push notifications pretty annoying, right? Unless you like that kind of push notification. Push message improvement. It's kind of interesting. There's a... At one point in time, we, when the internet was very young in the 90s, there was websites that would update regularly on your desktop. So if you wanted to see like a stock change, instead of going to that website, that website would push you the updates. You don't really hear much about that anymore. But push messages, you, you get on a pretty regular basis, I think. When you install an app today, it says, do you want to allow this app to push information to you, notifications? Like, nah, I don't know. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I got a big webinar coming up. You can sign up for it. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, December 13th. It's a webinar. You can do it from the luxury of your home in your underwear. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, invested in more. Thanks for listening. Big event coming up, last one of the year. It's a webinar, December 13th, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. CFP Chad Burton runs this event. I throw in my two cents, but talking about cutting risk with diversification, bond alternatives, retirement products, how to rebalance your portfolio, portfolio structuring, and asset allocation, and much, much more. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I don't know if it has a code on it, but if it does, use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Chad Burton, CFP, how are you? Yes, sir. Great. How are you? Um, I'm okay. So a lot going on this week, and uh, the market's not really reacting terribly positive to the news that came out this weekend, this past weekend, that, you know, both the House of Representatives... And the Senate have come up with tax plans, and now they have to reconcile them, and we'll have a new tax plan in the United States sooner rather than later. What are your thoughts on the tax plan that you've seen? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've talked about my opinions on it, because the one and only thing I think I was you know, looking forward to in this administration was a simplification of the tax code and some sort of a package that included repatriation of cash with the caveat that jobs would be created as part of that break to get the cash back over here. Um, but now all of a sudden we're in these, you know, a lot of time spent on uh, small tax cuts across the board. Some yeah, anything but a simplification, Rob. It's it's probably one of the most confusing when you look at the two bills, and they're very different between the House and the Senate. There's, they've got a lot of work to do. It's confusing. Um, in fact, the Senate plan has more brackets, I think, than the current tax structure. Um, and then there's all these sorts of 
things that are really tough for people that live in the Bay Area and people that live in New York. So anywhere that has high state income taxes, high property taxes, and high property values, you're going to pay more taxes. They don't they don't understand what middle class means in the Bay Area, right? Um, so it's it's tough, and you hear all these things where it's a tax cut for the the wealthy. Well, only if you have a specific type of corporation with a certain pass through, and there's so many rules to it that it's pretty much going to be. Um, so the one thing that I will say is that people need to talk to their tax advisors before year end. I mean, really, we only have a couple of weeks here, right? So. You should ask any California state income taxes that are going to be due with your return when you file them in 2018 for 2017, you might want to consider prepaying any California state income taxes because under both plans, that deduction is gone. Right now, when you pay a California state income tax or property tax, you can deduct it on your return as an itemized deduction. They're gone under both uh, packages. So, it's a good idea to ask. Now, it's not just a no-brainer to prepay those taxes because, in some cases, it throws some people into AMT, and it might not be the right thing to do. Um, the other thing that you look at is that if you're a person that likes to give to charity, especially when you want to say, I want to give low basis stock to charity and then take a deduction for that, I, I keep seeing a lot of articles and and advice that, you know, double up your gifting, do all your gifting for 2017 and 2018 in 2017. And if you're a person that has itemized deductions less than 24000 that makes sense. Over that, it might not make sense. The good thing is that there's still going to be the benefit under both plans. They're going to retain the deduction for charitable contributions, which is great. I was really nervous that that was going to be taken away. That would have been real tough for our charities in the country. So, um, you know, have a quick conversation with your CPA uh, about the California prepayment of taxes. I will say, and I'll talk a little bit about this at the webinar, that it's for, for people that are retired and have even a decent-sized income, I think it'll be easier to take more money out of IRAs at a lower bracket. Um, so, a lot of, lot of uh, confusion between the two plans, Rob, and I'm not, not really happy with it at all. Yeah, a friend of mine, Mark Dannon, recently quit TV after Santa Rosa was on fire and his house almost burned down. It did not burn down. That week, he said, I'm done. He, he's, he's, he knew he was going to retire in somewhere else. He chose Flagstaff, Arizona, because he wants to play golf. But in the middle of this fire, he kind of broke. And he came up with a phrase that I'll repeat to you. <clears throat> California's broken. Do you think California is broken, especially with these new tax laws? And um, I did a story this morning that a, a law firm out of Houston is flying their intellectual property lawyers in a private jet to San Francisco once a month for their meetings with IP clients, intellectual property clients. And they're telling their, their employees, work on the plane as billable hours. Like a firm from Houston, like a law firm has figured out it's, it's cheaper to live in Houston and fly employees back and forth. Is California broken? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that there's issues. I mean, between the traffic and some other things that that are going on. I mean, even you know, advisors Rent. in the Bay Area are doing more online meetings with clients that are 15 miles from the office. You know, do go-to meetings where you can be just as effective um, because traffic is always an issue. Well, you know, unless you can create a face-to-face meeting between you know 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. 
it's tough to deal with the traffic. So, um, you know, there's so much innovation and a lot of money in the Bay Area that I was hoping for more of a repatriation with the idea that you get credits for creating jobs and things like that. And I think that would have been a big boom. But this repeal of state deductions, uh, no, we needed a simplification of the tax code. Got it. And certain states like California were kind of cheating the system a little bit, but it's just not good for California residents. So, sounds you know, it's, sounds I, good. I, I it's CFP it's Chad Burton. Thank you, Chad. Uh, Ten Pillars Retirement Income Planning Webinar, Wednesday, December 13th, 630 to 730. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.